I'm reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, and verse number 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, This is why the New Testament church and the Gentile church worships on Sunday. Because the first day of the week is Sunday and it is the means by which we keep the commandment and have our complete fulfillment in Jesus Christ. All of the festivals, all of the holy days culminated at the first day of the week at his resurrection. When you celebrate Jesus, you celebrated everything. (laughs) I wish I could just preach about that. It's not in my notes. As it began to dawn the first of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on the stone. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The guards were on the ground. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye. For I know why you're here. You're here to seek Jesus. He was crucified. He is not here. Everyone say he's not here. For he has risen as he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay. You need to check it out for yourself. Because there's a value in looking at something that's empty. (laughs) Help us a little bit, Lord. We need help. And go quickly tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. Just for a moment. I preach this thought. It's what we have to have today. Empty. Never looked so good. (laughs) Jesus. And everybody said amen. Turn your neighbor and say empty never looked so good. Come on give the Lord praise one more time before you're seated. Uh, Now, can we just establish this for a moment? This is a Pentecostal church. Can you help me? This is not a stoic church. It's a Holy Ghost filled church. We don't just celebrate resurrection on Easter. We, We celebrate resurrection every Sunday when we come in here. Somebody help me a little bit now.
I wonder if there's anybody in the east wing just celebrate me a little bit because the Lord has changed you and transformed you. Come on, somebody help me now. Yes, yes. I would like to have a west wing, but then we would have no air conditioners. So if we do that, bring a small hand fan. The church that Jesus came to build was always indiscriminate. The only institution ever created that cared about everyone was the church that Jesus said he came to build. It's the only thing, the only place that is for everybody. No one has a monopoly on inclusion but the church. So anybody who tells you that their particular vein or flavor or group includes everybody, that's not true. The only place that includes everybody is the bride and the body of Jesus Christ. In fact, the sower in the parable, never considered the soil upon which he cast his seed. The seed, which is the word, is the constant. The soil, which is my heart, that's the variable. The Bible says it like this. God is no respecter of persons. Jesus died for the whole of humanity. And the cross is without reservation or limitation. The blood was not and is not for a select few. It is for all who will apply it to the life. That means, ladies and gentlemen, he's able if you're willing. I got good news today. There's something moving in the Holy Spirit, and I believe it's moving in this house right now. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He's for everyone. Yes. As I look at our city, our communities, the condition of our age, I feel in my own heart that now is the time for a mass resurrection. What we have here is the Holy Spirit, and I believe that he wants to conduct a massive infilling and a resurrection in America today. If there was ever a time that America needed a revival, now is the day we need a revival of Jesus Christ. I wish there was a believer that would just say amen. We need a revival of Jesus Christ. Now, the Lord likened the kingdom to a multiplicity of things, but to this end, Jesus said that it was like a man who was preparing a wedding banquet. And when the invited guest offered excuses as to why they could not come, the master of the dinner went to his servant and he said, and I quote, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them to the marriage. So, Those servants went out into the highways and gathered together, I love this line, all as many as they could find, all as many as would be found, everyone that they could find, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished 
with guests, both the bad and the good. Because when the invited guest rejected him, he found people and places that no one considered worthy, no one considered good enough. Some were okay, some were bad, but none were on the original list. That is the perfect picture of the church today. We are the grafted in branch. By invitation, we all have a seat at the table. I'm going to tell you why. Because the king of the kingdom works best with people who have no options. People with options rarely choose God. People who are full or think they are full. Watch it now. They think they are. They do not need him. The kingdom has always been built on the empty. Not enough is the Lord's specialty. If you're weak, you have weakness, wonderful. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. He works well with people who are weak. If you got past issues and a lot of baggage, I say this often, you know there's a difference between baggage and luggage, right? Luggage is what you bring on the plane. Baggage is what's been in your life for a long time. You'd like to get rid of it, but it weighs you down. I'm going to tell you about the Lord. He makes all things new. Read your Bible. Your Bible is filled with people who were unlikely to succeed. They were too young to fight giants, too old to have children. We already said it today, but it bears repeating. They brought a single lunch to feed probably 15,000 people. You might as well have brought nothing. But in the eyes of the Lord, empty never looked so good. Oh, yes. God whittled Gideon's army down from 32,000 to 300 just so there would be no doubt who it was that gave the victory. The Lord could have worked with thousands, but when he cut it down 99% and just got, got down to the 1%, it was just enough so that there would be no question that the victory had to come from the hand of the Lord. He does his best work when we are empty. Jesus always had a better time with fragmented people than he ever did with those who believed themselves to be self-sufficient. The Pharisees thought they were accusing him when in reality they were probably giving the Lord a compliment when they said, look at him, eats with publicans and sinners. He has dinner with publicans and sinners. But the Lord was always touching the lepers, thereby breaking the rabbinical conduct. He spoke to prostitutes and ministered to the tax collectors, all of which were considered undeserving. In fact, Jesus once offered this reply to his accusers. He said, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. On the surface, that statement is rational, but I've often wondered, who are they that are whole? Who are they that are so righteous that they need no grace, no mercy, no healing or help? It seems to me that Everyone is sick and in need. I believe that Jesus was pointing out that some people think themselves to be well when in reality they're very ill. They think they're strong when truth is they are full of decay. One of the first century churches had that same thought. It was a church in a place called Laodicea. They thought they had it all together until the Lord sent this message. He said, because you say I'm rich and creased with goods. You have need of nothing, but you really don't even know you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So I say today, 
everybody needs Jesus. Everyone needs the Lord. There is no real health without him. And there's no real contentment or peace without him. Jesus said it. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm -hmm. I am in consideration of the day. I know where we are. It's so good to see all of you here. One year ago, we turned the lights down. And I preached to the camera and to empty seats. We turned the lights down so that I couldn't see that there was no one there. (laughs) And I would make a point. Every once in a while, I thought it was pretty good. There was no rapport. Thank God Brother Barber was around. He'd clap for me every once in a while. Sometimes I think maybe out of pity. When I grew up, people would preach and it kind of got bad. Some of the mothers of the church would say, bless him, Lord. You knew it was going downhill when you saw, when you heard people say, bless him, Lord. That meant they were in intercession that the sermon might get better. And when it didn't get better, they had tongues interpretation to fix all the mess that the preacher had said. Thus saith the Lord, forget about everything you just heard. I'll give you the word right now. That's the truth. I'm in consideration of the day. I know where we are. The chief priests and the Pharisees could not accept the Lord because... Simply put, they did not understand the kingdom. They didn't understand the reason why he was there. Even his disciples struggled with it. The Lord moved outside of their protocols. He never fit into their mold, nor did he conform to their traditions. And when they finally succeeded in delivering his execution, they almost immediately realized the greater danger. Their fears centered around the occupation of the tomb. A sealed and occupied tomb was necessary if the chief priests and Pharisees had any chance of maintaining their control over the people. I'll read it to you. Matthew 27. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate and they said, Sir, we remember... That the deceiver, meaning Jesus, said, while he was yet alive after three days, I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he has risen from the dead. And here is an admission. So the last error shall be worse than the first. They knew That what they had done was a mistake. They openly admitted the first error was his crucifixion. And they said, we need to keep the grave full. Because if Jesus ever gets out, if it becomes empty, regardless of how it happens, the last error shall be worse than the first error. Watch now. Their entire narrative was built around keeping Jesus in his place. It was all contingent upon an occupied tomb. Because empty tombs are hard to explain. 
An empty tomb means there is power beyond your rational thinking. Empty tombs speak of a dismissal of every human assumption ever made. It erases finality. It consumes the physical and leans toward the spiritual. And I rise to say, empty never looks so good than it does right now today. When Jesus rose from the grave on that early Sunday morning, empty became the witness for every person who has ever suffered trouble in this life or pain in this life. His unoccupied tomb means that he can change everything, no matter how bleak it looks in your life. He can resurrect anything in your life. If the Lord had only died for our sins then the price would have been paid. Had he only been buried in a grave, it would mean that those sins would be remitted, completely wiped out. But when he rose from the grave, when he left that borrowed tomb, he sent a message that spans the ages of time. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, Where is thy victory? When he left that space unoccupied, he gave all of us life that we could not give ourselves. That's why I say empty never looks so good. There is a power in the empty tomb to restore and to renew everything in your life. The message of this day is that empty lives can now be filled by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So today, for all those who feel abandoned or hurting or void of joy, I give you a grave with no bones. I give you a grave with no body. I give you a tomb with no residue. I give you a place with no remnant because an empty tomb never looks so good. You ought to thank God that he got up because he got up. You can get up because he left that. He can fill you with anything and restore anything. Yes. The body of Jesus Christ is bigger than this house. It's bigger than this church. It stretches far beyond even the handful of years we call the span of our lives. The body of Jesus Christ is made up of people from all parts of the world, from the highways and the byways. It's really made up of people who had no right and no due. They didn't have a privilege to get in. They weren't born in it. There's no merit or heritage. If you would just consider where we all came from, I don't want you to look around, but just look inside of your heart. Look where you came from and where you are today. You're sitting in the presence of the Most High God. Surely Paul had it right when he named the infractions of our past. And then he wrote this words and he's talking to us. He said, and such were some of you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified by the name of the Lord and by the spirit of our God. That's right. Of the man who once spoke of his state of mind, he said this clearly. He said, the more material things I accumulate, the more empty I feel. Because the accumulation of things won't fill the void in your life. Only the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
will fill the void in your life. And he's looking for empty people to fill. He has a hard time filling people with his spirit that don't need him. When you confess that you need him, he becomes the greatest in your life. I don't want this to happen to you, but sometimes people have to get to their low of their low before they come to themselves. The Bible says that the prodigal, when he got into the pit, he came to himself and he remembered the father's house. Some folks have to get to the very bottom of the bottom before they ever come to themselves. But when he got empty, he looked up and he remembered there's a better place. I don't know if you're going to come back next week, but if you ever get to the bottom, you just remember there's another place I can be filled. I don't have to live this kind of life anymore. Jesus is Lord. Yes. Of course, the point is not about material things. The Lord did not condemn those men just because of their economic status. In fact, it was a wealthy man who begged for the body of Jesus Christ after the Lord's death. And it was two of those wealthy men, Joseph and Nicodemus, who prepared the Lord's body for burial with very expensive mixtures of myrrh and aloes. And the Bible says about a hundred pound weight. It wasn't the status that made them empty or full. It wasn't their bank accounts. It was the condition of their heart. If we believe that we need him and that we don't have it all together, that will be the difference. Even in the open prayer room in the New Testament, the Pharisees would pray aloud. They would say, I'm so grateful I'm not like that sinner. I'm so glad I don't sin like that publican. Both were sinners. Both the Pharisee and the publican were sinners. But one was empty enough to admit it. People who are full of this world and the things of this life, they have no room for Jesus. People who have all the answers for everything in their families and all their problems, they rarely bend their knee at an altar. They consider sacrifice beneath them. They, they like certainty and finality and the thought of an empty tomb is unsettling to them. But the reality today is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one was ever born righteous and the whole world needs Jesus. I hesitate to describe things today. But I know that I'm not living in my grandfather's day. I know that we're raising children in a morally bankrupt society. I don't want to journey down it too far. But the world, America, seems vacant of purity, decency, honesty, and so much more. Sin is rising faster than our national debt. Go check that out. The debt clock needs new batteries. But the good news is this. The Bible says, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And in the darkest of night, and it ain't dark yet, but wait a little bit, it's going to get darker. The darkest of night always produces the greatest of light. 
So when the Lord said, you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, that city will never shine greater or brighter than the darkest of the world, and it is to come. And so for everyone who is empty and lost and alone, we have a God, we serve a God, who is a great Savior and a great God, and he can restore all people and bring them back. That's why when I see the emptiness of our world, I consider the revelation of the empty tomb. And I know now is the time for the prophetic word of the prophet Joel to come to pass. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. When I see an empty world, people are empty of everything. They have no hope and they have no future. I say... Mm, empty never looks so good now is the time dear saints of God to reach for everybody now is the time for us to love everyone and love them into the church because we are a church of inclusion from the bad to the good from everybody in between because we know that none of us were on the original list let me just say this I want to put into my thinking it starts with my thought No matter what position I am in life, I need him. I'm empty without him. I'm lost without him. I'm undone without him. It doesn't matter what your health is. Don't wait to get sick to call on God. Don't wait for you to have a hospital visit or a doctor to give you a bad report to call on God. Don't wait till your end of all of your resources to call on God. Right now is the day of salvation. Today is a, is a good day to call on the Lord. All you got to do is confess, I'm empty. Come on, just say it with your whole heart. I'm empty, Lord, and I need you. Lift up your hand and say it, I'm empty, Lord, without you. My life is not right without you. Uh. What was it? Who were those invited guests that all gave an excuse? Here's why I'm not committed. Here's why I'm not coming. I have things to do. I got, I got property to manage. I got livestock to go back and check out. I, I've got a celebration. I cannot come to that. I have to say, the Lord is going to have a church. It may not be the kind of people you think was supposed to be there. Surely none of us are the people that were supposed to be here. But the Lord brought us in. He's brought you from a mighty long way. You didn't get up in this world deserving to be blood bought and saved. And you didn't deserve the cross. But the Lord brought you in. And when the Lord did that, he was living because he loved you God so loved the world we have a tough time understanding that kind of love but when you figure out how far deity to dust really is then you're going to know how much he loved you he loves you the Bible says He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows what number I'm on. And that number could change daily. He knows if your number is up. (laughs) You know who you are. He cares so much about you that he came in the flesh. Because living... He loved you. I'm almost done. Listen, Easter is a little different animal. Everyone knows the punchline. You already know. 
He's out. He got out. In fact, this last year, he's been out. He didn't want to be confined to four walls. He wanted to get out. He wanted to get in you. He was looking for empty people. I think this is the greatest day for the church because the whole world's empty and nobody knows what to do. It's a great day. That empty tomb said, hey, I can fill your life because I got out. Living, he loved me. You want to just thank God your love. The Lord loved you enough to come. And the cross. And the cross. Everybody say the cross. Some folks like to have a Christless cross. They're enamored with the Christless cross. And some would like to have a crossless Christ. <laughs> Think now. They want Jesus without suffering. They want crown without the cross. They want resurrection without a grave. They like Jesus, but they don't, they don't want any sacrifice. And some the other way, they want to recognize the cross, but they don't want to recognize the joy that come afterwards. So when I say that when he was living on this earth and he was walking, he was here because he loved you. He did not have to come. We didn't deserve it. The Bible says our righteousness are like filthy rags. But when he died... He was saving you. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You had to have blood applied to your life to be saved. And the songwriter said, buried, he carried my sins far away. But here's the, here's the good news today. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. And one day he's coming back. It's going to be a glorious day. Empty never looks so good. Give me a person who will just confess. Pastor, I don't have much to offer. I, I've got a wreck of a life. Empty never looks so good. You are ripe for the Holy Ghost. I don't feel like I got it all together. You are, you are ready for the Lord. But if you give me somebody who thinks they got it all, I can't even get next to him. They kind of stiff on me. But when you come to the Lord empty and say, I got to have you, Lord, because I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't have the answer. I got news for you. The Lord looks at you and says, empty never looks so good. I can use you. I can take you. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One day he's coming back, a glorious day. Say, living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my. He loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried mine, rising he justified. One day he's coming back, glorious day.
dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Me One day he's coming back. Hey, I just wanna, I wanna call out today. Such were some of you. If if you qualify for such were some of you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just keep your hand up. Paul was talking about me. Okay, put your hands down. Anybody came to the Lord messed up? <laughs> Struggling. Come on. You had no hope. Can you just confess right now you had no hope? You weren't saved until the Lord saved you. You weren't filled really with anything until you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He had no friend till you had Jesus. He had no help till the hand of the Lord came inside and picked you up. Living, he loved me, saying, dying, he saved me. Hey, buried, he carried my sins away. Rising, he justified me Hold on a second. One second. So I just want to speak to the saints one more time before we leave. It's been a while ago. In fact, it might have been two years ago. One of the saints came and told me about a family friend and said, I would love to bring them to the house of God. But Pastor, you got to know, they are, they are far out they are way out they are messed up and I said to them that sounds like our kind of people <laughs> I, I think those are ripe to be a member of new life Here's what I say. We got the good, we got the bad. Nobody talks about the ugly. Uh, you know who you are too. But the beauty of it is, none of us were on the original list. Your name never showed up, but the Lord said to his servant, go to the highways and go to the byways. I just got to get my house filled because there's going to be a banquet. It's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I want everybody. There has been no church like the church of Jesus Christ. It's the most indiscriminate. It's the most inclusive place that you'll ever come. You're going to live in and love me say, dying and save me ladies to sing it here today come on we're gonna make a big choir and lady you know ladies you know if you're the alto just sing the alto part nobody knows the part sing it are you ready here we go ladies live and love me are you ready help us Lacey come
Come on, all the ladies, now say it. Living, Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified, free me for heaven, one day he's coming back. Okay, come on, men, come on, men. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Come on, men. Rising, he justified, free me forever. One day he's coming back to glory. Everybody sing. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good Lord. I'll tell you why we need to build a sanctuary. Because there's a lot more empty people than there are full. All we have to do is find one empty soul and introduce them to Jesus. Amen. And all the saints said amen. Before we sign off live, I want to say to our online congregation, we love you, people who are watching. We pray the blessings and power of the resurrection in your life. And we are anxious, if we have not seen you, to see you again. Next Sunday night is a worship night in this house. We're all coming. You might have to wear your tennis shoes. But we're going to shout, dance, praise the Lord. We're going to have a good time next Sunday morning, Sunday night. And we're excited about that. There is an Easter egg hunt for those who are qualified. There is a bike giveaway for a particular age group, which almost none of you are in that age group. And there are children that you have left with our staff and we're asking you to pick them up before you go home. (laughs) This is a great day. We love you. I'm going to pray for you before you go and then I'll dismiss you in the fear of the Lord. Are you ready? We thank you, Lord, for the day. We recognize the power of your resurrection today and we give you praise. Consider us, Lord, our emptiness. 
We know you can work with us now, Lord, because we confess our need for you. When we don't have the answers, Lord, you are the answer. And when we cannot fix our problem, you are our hope. So I pray today for all the people. We know we can never be good enough to be counted, Lord, but by your grace and mercy, you have given us access and a seat at your table. So I pray, strengthen the hearer today and bless the people. And we give you thanks and praise and rejoice in your name. And all the people say, in Jesus' name.